Good morning and welcome to Contact on Connect FM. I'm Dan Kennard and I'm filling in for Michael Clement today since he had to be out of town. Today we will be having a conversation with Karen Orner of the Clearfield Jefferson Drug and Alcohol Commission about a very serious issue, fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. We're going to introduce you to Karen in just a moment. Contact is sponsored by Community County Services, supporting strong families through family-based mental health and human services. Learn more at communitycountyservices.com. Hi folks, are you having problems with your child at home? Is their behavior a problem? Are you at your wit's end? If so, call us for more information. Community County Services, we provide family-based mental health. Call for information at 371-8066. We work to help you keep your family together in a healthy way. Community County Services, 371-8066. Today on Contact, we are pleased to welcome Karen Orner from the Clearfield Jefferson Drug and Alcohol Commission. Karen, thank you for joining us. Oh, you're welcome, Dan. Now, before we talk about the important issue of FASD, could you please tell us a little bit about yourself and about the work that you do with the commission? Certainly. Well, I I'm probably shouldn't admit this, but I'm actually you know raised in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Grew up in the era where there was a huge rivalry between Punxsutawney and Dubois football games, and we won't talk about the things that happened on those trips back and forth. We won't go there. No. <laughs> um, since then, um, I went on to college at uh, IUP, studied psychology and child development, um, had some jobs here in Pennsylvania with a foster care system, um, specialized treatment care. Um, then I traveled on to Lexington, Kentucky, and to the eastern hills of Kentucky, where I started a, a treatment foster care program um, for the Presbyterian Child Welfare Agency. There I actually had an opportunity to work with a young man who had a diagnosis of FASD. Um, I met my husband while I was back home helping my mom take care of my stepfather, and uh Eventually, you know, he decided that he would try a long-distance relationship. Um, uh, he proposed, but he was a dairy farmer, and he would not move his dairy farm to Kentucky, so I had to return to Pennsylvania. I had a couple of other jobs uh, in the meantime, and then uh, nine years ago, I ended up at the commission uh, as a prevention specialist, and I'm happy to say, best job I've ever had. And so what does that job entail? Well, um, I was the prevention specialist for about six years. I've been the supervisor for three. In the prevention department, our primary job is to provide education, um, really solid information to the members of our community about um, issues surrounding alcohol and uh, tobacco, nicotine, and um, other drugs. In, uh, the, during the school year, the majority of a prevention specialist time is spent in our local schools. We provide um, a 10-week program. It's primarily life skills, helping young people. Usually we do fourth and fifth, some sixth and seventh grades, but we help them to understand the importance of having goals in their life and how you set those goals so that you can actually achieve them. Uh, then we talk to them about 
uh, the importance of making decisions. You know, we remind them that they make decisions, thousands of them every day, and that some of them are very easy to answer, like what you're going to have for breakfast that day, but that some are much more challenging. Um, you have a friend who's trying to encourage you to smoke a cigarette or, you know, engage in a behavior that is going to get you into trouble. Um, so we share with them, like, how do you make a decision? And we give them four steps for that. Then we go on to talking to them about identifying and managing their emotions and why that is so important. Oftentimes, we get ourselves in trouble when we don't know how to manage our emotions. Uh, from that, we talk about communication. We talk about different styles, different ways of communicating with others. And then we share with them the most effective way for you to get what you need and sometimes even what you want. Um, from that, we move on to talking to them about uh, friendships and uh, the qualities that you want to look for in a friend and also the qualities that you want to have as a friend. After that, we do really address peer pressure. In fourth grade, uh, you know, we've gone way past the just say no to drugs. Um, so in fourth grade, we give them six different strategies for uh, refusing negative peer pressure. In fifth grade, we go over those same topics, but for example, in peer pressure, we add three additional strategies. It's only after we've done all of those foundational skills, those, that, building that foundation, that we really begin to talk about um, the topic of alcohol, of nicotine. In fourth grade, we talk about um, prescription over-the-counter medications. How do you uh, safely store those? Uh, what are you able to share as far as prescriptions, you know, over the counters you can. We talk about the importance of not sharing um, prescription medications and why that is. Uh, then we also, um, in fifth grade, we will add to that uh, marijuana. And as each grade goes up, you know, we add additional pieces. Now, decisions about alcohol really play into what we're going to focus in on today because tomorrow, September the 9th, is designated as FASD Awareness Day, which is part of FASD Awareness Month. Karen, would you please fill us in on some of the blanks here? Explain what is fetal alcohol spectrum disorder? Some people may be hearing that term for the first time. And uh, how is it caused? Yes, well, thank you. FASD is an umbrella term that covers a number of uh, different diagnoses. If we think about autism spectrum disorder, um, the first word we heard was the, the term autism, and that was the only diagnosis. But as time progressed and more research uh, was done and more people were being diagnosed, um, later they realized that there were different um, degrees of that uh, disease or that condition. So um, then it became an umbrella term, the autism spectrum disorders. For example, Asperger's is one of those. So FASD is very similar to that. In 1973, the, coin, uh, the term autism was coined. Now since then, again, um, a number of different diagnoses have um, developed from that. And so then decades later came the term um, FASD, fetal alcohol spectrum disorders. Um, and that really covers a range of physical, um, mental, behavioral issues. 
And um, again, the degree to which an individual um, experiences any of those symptoms depends on a number of things. Um, but as you um, indicated, there's only one way that someone can um, have FASD, and that is from being prenatally exposed to alcohol, meaning a, a woman had to drink while she was pregnant. Um, and the degree to which someone experiences, say, physical um, difficulties or challenges might have to do not only with their genetic makeup, but also um, like when they were exposed. Because we know that the fetus develops um, in stages. You know, some things develop first. So if, for example, um, the person is prenatally exposed, um, you know, while their eyes, you know, that vision is being, you know, that could be affected. So it's just a lot depends on um, when during that pregnancy, um, how much is um, consumed and for how long a period of time that can be consumed. So when a child or even an adult is um, dealing with the effects of FASD, how does that typically play out in a person's behavior or their lifestyle, and how does it manifest itself? Well, that's a that's a loaded question, Dan. <laughs> that's a broad spectrum. <laughs> it right? really it really is. Um, you know, there's there are no two people alike um, in how they experience FASD. There, just like with autism spectrum disorder, there can be some very high functioning individuals. Um, for example, well, with people with um, fetal alcohol syndrome, and that is the, you know, the most severe form. Um, there are some physical features, uh, facial features. For example, the ridge that you have uh, above your upper lip that goes uh, to your nose, that's underdeveloped, so you won't see that. And usually there is a very thin upper lip. Um, there's some differences in the way the eyes, um, the skin around the eyes are formed, and sometimes with the ears. So you can tell that there's something different about that individual. For some people, you looking at them, you would never know that there was anything different about that person. But oftentimes, uh, you will notice things. Um, it can be with communication, mm -hmm. not reading social cues or having the knowledge on how to communicate what they need or what they want. Uh, oftentimes it, in school, it can uh, show up as a learning disability. Sometimes it can be uh, behavioral. Um, there could be, for example, the, the brain works, it just works differently. So if I have FASD in school and I've done something that's wrong and you tell me, so tomorrow, I'm not going to get to go out for recess because we've already had recess today, but tomorrow I'll miss recess. When tomorrow comes, I won't have any idea why I'm missing recess today because I'm not going to look back at that and know what I'm, what I'm doing. Um, one of the, the other things, so oftentimes it, the symptoms can manifest themselves as the same symptoms in things such as autism or oppositional defiant disorder. Um, it could also be ADHD, because there are sometimes um, difficulty with attention span, um, recalling information. Um, also, um, there are a couple of videos um, that I have watched, YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. um, Miles Hemerick is an FASD consultant and a motivational speaker. 
And he shares what it was like for him in school. And, you know, he said that one day he, you could show him math problems and the equations, how to solve the problems. And he could do the problems. And it would look like he totally got it. Mm-hmm. And the next day, he might remember it and be able to do it again. But the day after that, he could not remember a thing, have no idea how to solve them. Now, teachers, parents uh, would find that very frustrating, you know, and for them, they would say, look, you did it yesterday. Yeah. You, you know how to do it. You did it yesterday. So why aren't you doing it today? So oftentimes that can be translated as just lazy. Um, and, and then uh, for, for some people, there are a lot of other physical disability um, difficulties for miles every bone, every joint in his body ate. Mm. So he would, you know, engage in recess and spend, you know, the time walking about school. He would go home. If he went on a bike ride, he might have to call his dad to come pick him up and take him home because he hurt too much to ride his bike Mm. back home. Again, a parent who does not know what is really going on can say, you know, you walked around school, you played a recess, you know, are you just that lazy <laughs> that you can't ride your bike home? Mm. So as frustrating as that is for parents and for teachers, can you imagine how frustrating it is for that child mm. to be constantly hearing um, that they're lazy or, you know, like, why can't you get this? You did it before. Um, or thinking that this person is just oppositional you know, just being defiant. Um, To live with that every day is a real challenge uh, to those individuals. And that carries on into adulthood. You know, when you go to the workplace and you get your instructions, this is what you're supposed to do, and you do it, and the next day you don't know how to do it, it's very difficult to keep a job um, when someone has to constantly tell you the same things over and over again. Today on Contact, we have Karen Orner with us from the Clearfield Jefferson Drug and Alcohol Commission. We're talking about FASD. Tomorrow is uh, the official Awareness Day, so we're becoming more aware of FASD, Karen. Thank you for that. Do you have any statistics, any numbers on how widespread of a problem FASD is across the country or uh, here in Pennsylvania? Sure, I can share that with you. Um, The first thing I need to... um say and to preface my statements is that because there is such a a a stigma around um fasd it's very much underreported um alcohol is widely accepted in our culture it's very much a part of our society and um so something sometimes we often think like well it's just okay to do you know we often accept underage drinking for example uh, that's just a rite of passage and so oftentimes we overlook uh drinking oh you know an occasional wine those types of things um so that's it's a very hard conversation for uh, physicians for mental health practitioners to have with a woman because we know the only reason a child would have this would be because of the mother drinking. Um, and so often there's a lot of shame in that. So women will not report that because they don't want to be uh, seen as evil or bad, you know, bad mother. Um, so it's not, we, our statistics are probably not as high as they really are. 
In 2016, the CDC um, issued a report that um, their estimate was one in 20 school-aged children in the United States have FASD. So if you think about an average classroom, most of them have 20, at least 20 students. So if you think about that, in every classroom, there's most likely one child, a conservative number, one child who has FASD. Now, in 2018, um, a study was done in four separate um, geographical regions across the United States. They looked at um, first graders. Over 6,000 of them were selected. And um, conservatively, again, it would be like one in, in 20. But if you take into the account the different factors, the variables, and you weight that, it really is uh, becomes uh, three out of 100. It can be one in 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the best statistics that we have. Right. Uh, again, because it's underreported. Now, really, we're talking about two sides of the issue. We're talking about the preventive side and then also the treatment side. So could you talk for a couple of minutes here uh, about some of the practical ways those take place? How can FASD be prevented other than the obvious um, answer to that? And second, once someone has been determined to be actually dealing with the effects of FASD, how are treatments uh, put in place? Okay, yes. So um, once someone is is diagnosed, um, it, it is a real challenge to find the, the type of treatment the person needs. Um, again, you're looking at most likely physical therapy, could be occupational, those types of therapies. Um, um, it could be speech therapy, uh, counseling, uh, because this... Uh, is a lifelong diagnosis. There is no cure for FASD. Um, And so for the rest of your life, if you have FASD, you're going to be dealing with whatever effects you have from that. Um, So counseling can certainly be helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also working with uh, finding out strategies that will help you. For example, uh, in Miles' uh, case, um, you know, he has trouble even remembering Uh, to eat, uh, to keep a schedule, to get up on time. So surrounding himself with support people who can help keep him on track. Um, And so finding those people in your life who can support you and help you in those ways is very helpful. Um, Depending on what the actual diagnosis is, there could be medications, of course, that will help um, with the different, um, depending on the diagnosis and, you know, what the effects are. Um, and then um, at the end, I can share, if you want me to do it now, I can share the resources. Well, um, what we'll do right now, Karen, is take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about some of those resources that are available. Okay. Does that sound good? Sure. All right. Contact Today is sponsored in part by Lifespan Family Services. Change the life of a child. Lifespan Family Services, PA.com. Each day in Pennsylvania, there's at least 15,000 children taken from their homes due to abuse or neglect. Foster parents provide homes to these needy children. Lifespan Family Services trains, supports, and compensates foster parents to address this problem. Call Lifespan Family Services today at 375-1314 or drop in at the Dubois Mall or at Lane Avenue in Punxsutawney. Lifespan Family Services, helping people help children every day. 
375-1314. On contact today, we are talking with Karen Orner of the Clearfield Jefferson Drug and Alcohol Commission. And our main topic today is FASD. It is a fetal alcohol spectrum disorder because tomorrow, September 9th, is FASD Awareness Day, a part of FASD Awareness Month, the month of September. Karen, you were about to uh, share with us uh, some of the resources that are available for people to find some help in dealing with FASD. Yes. Um, one of the best ways to um, find a diagnosis um, of FASD, to figure out, to determine that that's what it is, is finding a, a developmental pediatrician, someone with um, that kind of care. Um, Penn State Children's Hospital, of course, um, um, University of Pittsburgh, Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh would be another resource if you're looking for that diagnosis. Most of the diagnoses don't uh, um, really occur until um, they're in school, maybe adolescence, you know, when they are seeing other issues occur. Um, as far as help with, uh, for families and caregivers um, as well, um, there's the Pennsylvania Care Partnership. And um, the best resource is FASD United. So if you go to that website, FASD United, it's a fabulous place uh, to start. If you click on um, Family Navigator, Mm -hmm. you type in your contact information and what you're looking for, um, you will get information that is specific to you. In preparation for this um, talk, I emailed yesterday or went on and said, I'm a professional. This is what I want to do. And uh, later that day, I got uh, three pages of resources. Yeah. Saw that. And uh, yes. I'm sure folks, if they would like to learn more, can get in touch with you at, Absolutely. The, comi- at the commission. And you would uh, be more than happy to give them that information. Yes. We have just about a minute and a half to go here. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you were also telling me earlier that there is actually some proposed legislation that's floating around the halls of Harrisburg right now uh, that would actually deal with treatment of uh, those that are impacted by FASD. Tell us about that legislation, what it would do, and how listeners could possibly even help push that along. Sure. It is called the FASD Respect Act, and it was introduced into both the House and the Senate Uh, June 24th of 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, It's still um, in committees, in different committees. Um, The exciting thing is it is bipartisan. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, both sides of the aisle see the importance of the legislation. Um, But basically, it's designed to really bring FASD to the forefront as far as um, not only prevention efforts, like getting the education out there in the hands of people to understand Um, how they can help, um, but also to really um, improve treatment and screening, and as well as sharing the resources available to families. All right. A lot of helpful information. Thank you, Karen, so much for joining us today on Contact and sharing that information with us. We hope that you have a great day. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. And uh, Michael will be back. Michael Clement back with uh, Contact next uh, Thursday morning at 835 right here on Connect FM.